Blog Talk Radio. Amen. 
Lord, we praise you. Lord, we praise you. Welcome to this the Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church. We are so excited for your presence here today. For those of you who are worshiping with us in person and those of you who are watching us online and worshiping with us online, we greet you this day. We greet you with Jesus' joy this morning. For we are mindful that this is the day. I don't believe y'all heard me. This is the day that the Lord has made. A day we have never seen before. A day we shall never see again. But this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice. We will rejoice. I said we will rejoice. I'm not at a funeral, am I? I said we will rejoice and be glad in to those of you who are watching online, we invite you to share this worship experience with your friends. Please hit the share button. If you're on YouTube or Facebook Live, please share it. If you are in person, you can get your phone out for just a few minutes and share this worship. Share your location. Let them know that you are at the Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church, the birthplace of gospel music. I am Pastor Daryl Purser, the senior pastor, and we are so excited that you are here today. Let us pray as we go to God and invoke his presence here this morning. Eternal God, our Father, we are grateful for yet another day. God, we recognize that this day is a gift, and you have allowed us to walk therein. God, we ask as we assemble in this place, in this space, that you would be in the room, that your spirit would be in this place as we seek to glorify you and magnify your name. God, a lot has happened in our lives this week. Things have changed. But we recognize that ultimately, God, this is your world. And that you have all power in your hands. So, God, if there's anything that is happening and occurring, oh, God, give us the mindset to work to make this place better for not only ourselves, but for our brothers and our sisters all over this land. God, we ask right now that you would take charge of this service that you would allow yokes to be broken today, that spirits might be lifted today, oh God, that someone might be encouraged to go on and see what the end's going to be. And we'll be ever so careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. I'm invite you at this time to stand for the reading of God's word as we turn to Leviticus, the 21st chapter. Leviticus, the 21st chapter, beginning with the 16th verse. And there you will find these words recorded. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron, saying, no man of your descendants in succeeding generations 
who has any defect may approach to offer the bread of his God. For any man who has a defect shall not approach. A man blind or lame who has a marred face or any limb too long, a man who has bro a broken foot or broken hand or is a hunchback or a dwarf, or a man who has a defect in his eye, eczema or scab, or is an enoch, no man of the descendants of Aaron, the priest, who has a defect shall come near to offer the offerings made by fire to the Lord. He has a defect. He shall not come near to offer the bread of his God. He may eat the bread of his God, both the most holy and the holy. Only he shall not go near the veil or approach the altar, because he has a defect, lest he profane my sanctuaries, for I, the Lord, sanctify them. The word of God for the people of God, and all of God's people said, Amen.
with me. about it or would like to be a partner with us in that, 
you can go to EbenezerBronzeville.org. Uh, again, that's EbenezerBronzeville.org uh, to get more information about uh, our restoration of our building. Uh, God has already blessed us and opened some doors, uh, but we have more work to do. And so we are soliciting your support as we keep this vital place, this vital church relevant within this community and beyond. Also, we want to make mention to our members uh, that we are starting our, our new, we haven't had a church directory in a very long time, and we are starting our church directory. And if you are, uh, would like, we would like all of our members to sign up for this directory so that we can uh, know who's who and we can stay connected. If you have family members that are affiliated with Ebenezer, they too can participate in the church directory so that uh, they can be a part of this great effort. Please see Sister Marlena Jackson. She will be hanging around after worship to sign up for your picture time. That date is July 28th is when our day is. Um, and so every member that's here, uh, we invite you to sign up uh, for that. There's a nominal fee for that. Uh, but with that, you'll get the directory and your picture and all that other kind of stuff. And you can see Sister Melina Jackson for more information. Also, our summer sizzle is coming up. Amen? That is our community outreach. Amen? Where we're going to take it to the streets outside and we're going to fellowship with the community. That summer sizzle, summer sizzle will be after worship uh, July 10th. July 10th. And so we're super excited about that. More information is to follow. Also, today, I believe, is the day that by the body of Christ will have their installation. Uh, and certainly, for, we're certainly encouraging members of our faith community uh, to go over and support the body of Christ uh, as they install Pastor Austin as their second pastor uh, of their great church. Uh, that, start, that installation is, it starts at 2, is that correct? 2 p.m., 2 p.m. Also, I wanted to, do I mention the vendor fair? Okay, thank you. The vendor fair is coming up. Uh, another community outreach uh, that we have here at Ebenezer. And if uh, you know someone that has a business, a reputable business, and wants to, to uh, have an opportunity to display their wares, have their uh, wares available for purchase, they can participate in our vendor fair. Please see anyone uh, from our outreach ministry for a form so that you can sign up for the vendor fair, which will be in August. Amen? Amen. And again, uh, we're asking, um, we're looking for more volunteers uh, to assist us and help us in the work that God has given into our hands. Uh, there's a lot of things that we're get, we have coming up as we start this journey together. And so please see me uh, if you have gifts. Uh, so that we can share those gifts with the faith community. We're going to need people making phone calls, sending out invitations, doing various things in and around the church uh, this summer as we get ready for uh, and do the work for our restoration of our building and the work that goes along with that. So please, I already got some folk from yesterday 
Uh, if you weren't able to give me your name, please give it to me so that we can, we can have you on the roster of volunteers. Amen? Amen. Also want to share this wonderful, wonderful plaque that was given uh, to me uh, by Sister Susan. And it is a wonderful plaque, beautiful plaque that I'm, I want to in, institutionalize every year. Um, it has on it the church's theme for this year. And it says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And that is Psalms 133 and 1. And that is in honor of Ebenezer's 120th anniversary. This is beautiful. And we will find a wonderful place in my office for this or someplace in public, as long as they know this is mine, right? This is mine, right? But I want to display it here. This is, this is, this is so beautiful. Uh, and every year we will have a new theme to keep us focused on the work that God has given to us. I also want to share, and I shared this um, in uh, Sunday school this morning, uh, was very thrilled for my wife, Dr. Pamela Person, or should I say a professional name, Dr. Pamela Pearson, um, had an opportunity to be uh, uh, in a group of other professionals in her field of, of uh, midwifery and nursing with Madam First Lady Kamala Harris this past Friday. So they invited her to be a part of the group that uh, was with uh, the vice president, and she went through all, I told the morning class, she went through all of the secret service vetting, and they didn't come back with no priors, so I was happy about that because I, I don't have a thorough enough check on her, uh, but, uh, but it allowed her to enter the room with, with the, first, with the uh, vice president, and uh, uh, she had, got opportunity to get a picture, I believe, with, or at least close to her with her new sorrow and all that kind of stuff. So we were very super excited about that. And also her impending elevation uh, as the director of the midwifery, um, director of the teaching, whatever the program is, the director of something uh, at the University of Illinois at Chicago, uh, the midwifery school at University of Illinois at Chicago. So we're excited about that elevation. To God be the glory. As I said to the class this morning, everything that happens is all not gloom and doom in our community. And we ought to celebrate, like we're going to be celebrating today, those who are part of the class of 2022. Let us continue with worship this morning. You know 
visitors, our guests this morning, rather. I don't like that term. We want to acknowledge our guests this morning. Well, all of our guests, if you are able, if you're able, just wave your hand or if you can stand, we'll appreciate that too. 
Amen. Amen. God bless you. 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 Amen. Good to see you. Thank you again. Uh, pastors already welcomed you, but we welcome you again uh, to this place. Uh, and, and hopefully, hopefully, I shouldn't say hopefully, I know you already have been greeted by someone with a smiling face. If you haven't, please say something to me when you see me. Amen. We want to know. We want to know. We want to know. We want to know. Amen. Amen. It is offering time. It's offering time. It's offering time. It's that part of the service. Watch this. If you can't sing, if you can't preach, you can definitely participate in this part. So this is that part of the service that you can participate in. It's offering time. Thank you so much. For those of you watching online, all of the ways to give are on your screen right now. For those of you in the room, if you have, you want to give digitally, you can do that by going to EbenezerBronzeville.org. EbenezerBronzeville.org. Look for the Give Now button. For those friends of Ebenezer, if you want to become a friend of Ebenezer, there is also a tab there for that to help us uh, with the amazing uh, task that we have before us. You can help us there. You can also give by mobile. Text to give 312-779-0146, 312-779-0146. Also, if you want to mail your gift or drop off your gift, 4501 South Vincennes Avenue, Chicago, Illinois, 60653. And last but not least, you can Zelle or QuickPay. Uh, that number is 773-960-9028. I know I said that real fast for some of y'all in the room, but guess what? The ushers have cards with that information on them. If you need one of those cards, just raise your hand, and the ushers will take care of you. If you need an envelope as well, raise your hand, and the ushers will take care of you. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you, Lord, just to say thank you again for allowing us to be in your place and space. God, we ask now that you would continue to have your way throughout this service on today, God. God, remove any distractions that might hinder our worship today, God. God, then we also, God, ask that you would bless this offering, God. Bless both the gifts and the giver. God, you know what we stand in need of, God. We recognize the task ahead of us, but we trust in you because we know you to be Jehovah Jireh, our provider. So right now, Lord, we just want to say thank you in advance for all that you continue to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
this time. It is prayer time. Altar call. And if you are so led, we invite you to stand where you are. If you desire to participate in altar call. And if you don't have anything going on that, perhaps you want to stand and intercede on behalf of someone else. I know I got more than this. Thank you. Thank you. I'm standing today. I'm standing today and I'm sharing from a very personal place and space today. I got a call on Saturday uh, from Atlanta. And it was from the phone of one of my dearest friends friend that I met literally 41 years ago on the campus of Morehouse College. We were roommates. He from Chattanooga, Tennessee, a country boy, and me from Chicago. We struck it off real good. We became best friends. He took me to Chattanooga to meet his parents over Thanksgiving, and I brought him to Chicago to meet my parents over one Thanksgiving, and we were in each other's weddings, and uh, a lifelong friend, 41 years, and so when I got this call, it was his wife on the phone, and I thought, I thought she was calling me to, to, to tell me that they were going to have a, some sort of surprise birthday party because we're the same age. And, uh, maybe some sort of surprise birthday party. And she told me that my friend had been on a four-month journey with cancer. And she wanted me to know that they decided to put him in hospital. So I said to her, she said, well, he's not talking right now, but he's very much alive. And I said, well, can I come see him? She said, yeah, you can come. You can come see him. So I immediately began to make reservations. And she said, when you get your reservations, let me know and uh, so we can coordinate. So I I, I, I got on, got me a flight. I was flying out after our meeting tomorrow, yesterday. And I sent him my information. And I said, please confirm receipt. Didn't hear anything. And so I went through another channel. I, I said, did you get my information? I'll be there Saturday afternoon. I just got to get back to church Sunday but I'll be there. 
and I didn't hear anything. And then about 15 minutes later, she sent me a text. She said, Daryl, when I get off the phone with you, Eric went home to be with the Lord. My brother, Eric Ayers, was as close to me as a brother as my own brother. He leaves behind an incredibly loving wife and son and a whole host of friends from all over Atlanta, Chattanooga, Chicago, Morehouse. And Ebenezer, I'm literally standing here devastated. But God is able to sustain and keep. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm being transparent. Uh, there are some people that when they leave you, they leave you diminished and walking away almost with a limp because a part of you goes when they go. This here right here is one of those moments for me. And so I want to remember his family in prayer today. I want to remember these names that are on our list, list today. Laney Ams and Lindsay Mayfield and Marguerite Jones. Doris Robinson, Deacon Chester Coleman. I, I want us to pray and intercede for Elise and Willie Grant and Alfred Moore and Kenneth Sexton, Al and Mary Burton, Shirley Anderson, Mary Sumter, Mary Alice Grant, Sarah Billups, and Mary Alexander. I want us to pray for and intercede on behalf of Rosa Conway and Gladys Evans and Janice Carr, Reverend James Thompson, Albert Cheney, Angela Williams, Laureen Driver. David Pearson, Vanetta Pearson, Michael Jones Jr., Betty Smith, Deacon James Smith, who is here with us today, Sister Minnie Pegg, Francis Pepper, Karen Hollinsworth, Ernestine Rowe, and again, the family. Eric Eric. Oh Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. God, we come before you lifting these names that have been given to us. But also God making room and making space for names that have not been called. The names that are on the lips or in the hearts of those who are standing here and interceding on behalf of others, God. We lift even those unspoken names, knowing, oh God, that you are a comforter, that you are a sustainer, that you are able to lift us from the depth of any despair, and bring us out to, from, to the other side. God, we don't know why sometimes we have to go through what we go through. 
But we say thank you, God, that you have promised to go with it through with us. So we recognize, God, as your children, that we are never alone. We are never alone. For you have said that even when we walk through the valley of shadow, you will be with us. So God, we claim that that promise on behalf of Eric because I know you walked with him. We claim that promise, oh God, for those who are in hospital rooms right now. Because we know, God, that every sickness is not unto death. We claim those promises, God, for those who are wrestling with mental illness. We claim those promises, oh God, for those who need a yoke to be broken, who need the spirit to be lifted, who needs a word of encouragement to keep on keeping on so that they may see what the end will be. God, we can still say without a shadow of doubt, we love you. We trust you. And we know, God, that it is well with our souls. God, you never required us to understand it all. You never told us that we had to be able to make sense of it. You only asked that we would have faith, that we would believe. So, God, we're trusting and we're believing in your word. We're trusting and believing that earth has no sorrow. heaven cannot heal. We lift now this prayer from the wings of the afternoon. Place it before thy feet. To the all-wise God, we pray and for his sake we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Thank you. 
you please take my hand and you say I will tomorrow Jesus said I am he will supply all your needs and you say I know
Can we just give God a hand clap? Can we? Can we do that? Okay, let's try it again. That was good if it was for me. I said, let's give God a hand clap. Come on, let's let's give him a hand clap. Come on, come on. Because I believe there's some folks in the room who know him to be a comforter, right? Right, right. There's some folks in the room that know him to be a comforter, and I I feel like even at times like this. Pastor informed me yesterday about his friend passing away, and I I know exactly. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. And it's as much as sometimes we as preachers are expected to. We all deal with death all the time. We still human. We still human. We still, you know, we still have issues. Our tear, you know, our tear ducts still work. They still work. And and I know sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's difficult for people to understand that. And and I appreciate his transparency, but I know how difficult it is because when you lose somebody that close, you just don't want nobody to say nothing to you. Want to sit in the room, close the door, turn off the lights. And I talk to you when I talk to you, because that's just, but when you carry these titles, you have to continue to make yourself available. So um, we're going to keep you lifted up in prayer and in family. God bless you. Thank you for that. Though. We, sometimes people need to see the other side of ministry, because we, we, we deal with funerals. We just had a funeral here on, on Friday. We buried a longtime member here on Friday. I, at my old church. They just buried the pastor emeritus on Friday. I thought about it, Pastor. I said, I looked at my, I pulled up my minister license and the names of the people that signed it are slowly disappearing. And I said, wow. So yeah, we, we, we recognize that and we're going to definitely keep him and all of those that are still grieving lifted up in prayer. Amen. We are celebrating our graduates today and and pastor person always likes to challenge me. He says, uh, are you going to have something encouraging? <laughs> I was going to do a voice, but I ain't going to do it. I ain't going to do it. <laughs> are you going to have something encouraging for the graduates, for the graduates? And I say, well, yeah, I got you. I got you. And then the Lord says, yeah, you, I, you, it's going to be encouraging, but they're going to have to hear the hard part first. I said, okay, all right, well, so it is what it is. And then it's been, and it has been a, a different kind of week this week. Uh, for those of you who didn't know, I just finished up this school year. Right, that's one of my teaching partners clapping back there. I just, I just finished, we just, I should say, I, we just finished up this long, never-ending school year. And, uh, yeah, and um, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me do what I need to do. Let's, um, let me pray. Father God, move me out of the way. Let your words be the words that the people hear. Let any distractions or whatever be set aside, God, anything that's unlike you, just push it out the way so that the people can be edified and you, first of all, be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, the scripture has already been read, but I feel like I want to just read it again real quick. You do not have to stand. You don't have to stand. Uh, but it's coming from the book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus. I'm so tempted, Mary, but I don't want to scare the people out of here. Uh, the book of Leviticus. The book of Leviticus. Uh, chapter 21, starting at the 16th verse, starting at the 16th verse. It simply says, 
the Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, I'm reading King James, by the way, say to Aaron for the generations to come that none of your descendants who has a defect may come near to offer the food of his God. 18 says, no man who has any defect may come near, no man who is blind or lame, disfigured or deformed, no man with a crippled foot or hand or who is hunched back or dwarfed or who has an eye defect or who has uh, festering or running sores or damaged testicles, no descendant of Aaron, the priest who has any defect is to come near to present the offerings made to the Lord by fire. He has a defect, and he must not come near to offer the food of his God. Verse 22 says, he may eat the most holy food of his God, as well as the holy food. But 23 says, yet because of his defect, he must not go near. He must not go near the curtain or approach. The sanctuary or desecrate my altar. I am the Lord who makes them holy. I don't know why God pointed me to that scripture because I said, God, that, that, that just sounds a little rough. It sounds a little rough. It sounds a little rough. But then, you know, you have to put things in context. You have to put, I, 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 right, right. You have to put things in context. And so, so, so the Lord gave me this simple title. I might be broken, but God. Yeah, yeah, I, I might be messed up, but God, see, 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 so I, I, I did some research, with, and she over here now, because see, see, now, see, I had practiced this in my head, and I was going to make eye contact with you, but that's the wrong wife over there, that's his wife, I wanted to look at yours, because you're the medical professional, because I did some medical studying this past couple of weeks, see if I got this right, okay, so, so, so according to the Columbia Medical School and Research, this is what it says, Statistically, 97 out of 100 babies are born healthy. That's what it says. But then it says, however, an expected mother has a 3 or 4% chance that while giving birth to a child, they may have a child with a birth defect. Shaking her head. I must be all right. Okay. However, however, if defects run in the family, then there's a chance that, that they, those numbers might be alarmingly higher. You see, a birth is a problem or a challenge that is present at the time of birth. A birth defect can be so mild that on the outside, the baby, the child looks normal, and it's not until testing has taken place that it can be ascertained that something has gone awry. In, 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 in medical terms, now help me out, in medical terms, there's a phraseology called congenital anomalies. I told you I studied. It's, 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 it's an abnormality of birth. And, and something happened while they were still in the womb that was not detected. 40% of birth defects come from genetics or from the environment. The study says 60% of birth defects to this day cannot be traced to their origin. We have no clue where they come from. But then my Bible does this thing. It has this phrase that simply says, and we know this, those of us that know the Lord, it says, born again. Born again, born again. We, you know, you know we're born again. When you come to Christ, you must be born again. And, and, and so, so I'm saying all that this morning to say that any person who has been born again, there is a chance that although you have been born again, you could have still been born with some 
defect. Watch out now. Watch out. See, 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 because I'm born again, it doesn't make me perfect. Okay. All right. It, it doesn't mean that I'm devoid of issues. It, it doesn't mean that things cannot still happen to me. It doesn't mean that I still don't carry some semblance of something broken down on the inside because I'm born again. But then there is this 60% of stuff that's going on in my life that might not come from family. It might not come from environment, and I don't know how to fix it. And what's even worse is sometimes the church doesn't even know how to address it. So instead of addressing it, we, we shun people away or we say, oh, they're not welcome, or we say, oh, you've done all that. Don't you dare come in here. So, so let me ask this question. So how do I deal with my issues? When it seems like the church doesn't even have an answer for me. How do I deal with my, with my issues of brokenness? And, and what happens, watch this, if my brokenness is so mild that just by looking at me, everything appears to be all right. You know, I work in, I work, I work in a school and every child looks normal, what we deem normal. And every child looks normal, and, and, and this is my fourth year there, and, and, and I didn't know all of the, the phraseologies and, and stuff about, a, you, got the, you know, some people have a 5 this and an IEP and all these other different things. I didn't have a clue to what any of that stuff meant. Because on, on the surface, they just look like a regular, everyday child that plays around. But then you start to read the file, and you say, oh, this one has anger issues, and this one has some drama going on at home, and this one came from this, or this one was born addicted to something. On the surface, they just appear to be a mischievous, a mischievous child on the surface. And so when you don't know, when you don't know how to address these issues, a lot of times we tend to either keep our distance or we want to just ignore them. Now, I don't know where you're sitting in this sacred place today called Ebenezer, but I can tell you this, that somebody, everybody around you, sitting next to you and around you, they were born with something. You see, we were all born in sin and, and, and shaped in iniquity. Now, my sin might not be your sin, but if you stick around any person long enough, you'll start to notice some things. Hmm. See, there, 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 there's some traces and highlights of a person who is wounded with an issue. You see, because we're, 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 we're living in this politically uh, correct climate where, you know, you have to use all the proper terminology and you have to say the right thing because if you say the wrong thing, somebody might be offended. So, so, so we're living in a term, in a, in a, in a, in a time where, the, where you're not supposed to say handicapped anymore. Right, right. We, 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 we now use disabled or, 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 or we use words like challenged or, or impaired. And, and, and so my hearing might be impaired. My, my sight might be impaired. I, I may have lost a limb and I, I, I'm challenged, but watch this. Isn't it strange, church, that when you try to live for God, that's when you start to face the majority of your challenges? Isn't it strange that when you say, you know what, I'm going to give my life over to Christ, and all of a sudden, all of these challenges start to show up? But I want to help somebody today. God never designed, watch this, to, he never designed anything to handicap you. He designed it and let you deal with it so that you could learn to walk even with your issue. He wanted to know if you could walk carrying your issue, could you continue to walk for him knowing that something was wrong on the inside? And see, once you know you have an issue, the only way you're going to keep from hurting yourself is first recognizing that you have a problem. 
I've heard it said the first solution toward getting anything wrong, of getting anything fixed, is first admitting that you have a problem. Church, if we were honest with each other, we don't like to admit that we have problems. I'm going to preach to these empty seats right here. You see, you see, you see, you see, because, because see, we, 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 want, we, want, we want our life to be all roses and sunflowers and, and all of that. But truth be told, church folk got more problems than folk that never enter the doors. But if we act like we all that, then the folk who have the same problems we do will never come in because they will feel unwelcome. The encouragement part is coming. I promise you it's coming. It's coming. So let's, so, 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 so let's, let's, let's deal with the text, shall we? Let's deal with the text. Imagine, imagine, church, how alarmed I was when I started going through this, this book of Leviticus because it is kind of harsh, right? Because, see, Leviticus, can I pause for a second? Leviticus is that book we decided we're going to send everybody else to hell in. You know, if you... If, 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 you know, if you're a girl and you like girls, hell for you. If you're a boy and you like boys, hell for you. We, we, we send everybody to hell using Leviticus. But it's funny about the parts of Leviticus we choose to use and the parts we choose to ignore. See, because I'm a, I'm a, you know, you know, yeah, I, I'm a damn you to hell because of how you feel about this one. Because that's what Leviticus said. But, you know, Leviticus also said we ain't supposed to be eating shrimp and lobster. Oh, it got real quiet in the room. It got real quiet in the room. See, Leviticus says we're not supposed to eat the little creepy crawly things that crawl around the bottom of the sea. Leviticus also says you're not supposed to mix linens. Ain't nobody going to say nothing. That's okay. You're not supposed to mix linens. You know, now, polyester, that's a different conversation. But you're not supposed to mix linens. That's different. Polyester, the, the twins, they don't breathe. They don't breathe. They don't breathe. You have to recognize this. So, so watch this. Imagine how alarmed I was when I started reading this in chapter 21 with all of the sensitivity training I've had over the years in the corporate world and, and the instruction they teach us and tell us how to use proper terminology and how there's a need for buildings to have an adequate, uh, the American Disabilities Act says we should have a, a space and a place, a, a, a access so that people who are disabled or challenged can, can get in. So out of all places in the world, that in the word of God would seem to be somewhat discriminatory against folks who have defects. That's what it looks like. So in Leviticus chapter 21, God uses an unlikely source. Pastor asked me earlier, he said, I was giving him the scripture that I was going to do today, and I said, make sure you get 16. He said, oh, you want to get the part where it says he tells Moses. So he used Moses. That was the source. So, so, so he tells Moses that these are the people who cannot work for me in the church. These are the people who can't bring the offering, who can't stand on my behalf. These are the people who do not meet the quote-unquote standard. These are the people that are all messed up. But then I did some more reading because I've been reading the Bible for a little while now, and I had a little problem with that because the person he sent, to tell folk that they was unqualified and that they was messed up, was messed up himself. Okay, okay. You, 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 you see, 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 he told Moses, if you know the story, he told Moses who had a, a stammering issue. Moses used to, 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 to stutter, right? He used to stutter. He had, he had a stammering tongue, and it was as a result of his environment because he was being raised in the house that he didn't know nobody. 
Okay, well, okay, all right, all right. And, and also, by the way, watch this, Moses was also a murderer. So you got, the, you got the stammerer and the murderer telling you that you ain't qualified. Keep that in mind, church. Keep that in mind, church. Now, notice this now. I like this because, see, I noticed that God will use somebody that's messed up to tell me what's wrong with me. God uses broken vessels, come on now, to tell us about our brokenness. Come on now. Am I there now? Okay. But see, we have the nerve to complain about the broken vessel that delivers the message. I'm mad that you're telling me what's wrong with me, but I couldn't even identify what was wrong with me. You know what we do? Well, he can't tell me nothing. He's been married three, four times, and she can't tell me nothing. She done been bankrupt this many times. He can tell me that. Watch this. God is brilliant in his selection of messengers. Because he understands that it takes one to know one. Come on now. God understands. Watch this. Watch this. That sometimes the person that's on drugs needs to talk to somebody that used to be on drugs. Okay. So, 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 so what he does is he sends people in front of us. Watch this. With all of their issues, just so you can start to see yours. Now, we have to keep our spiritual eyes on because, you know, a lot of times us uppity church folk, as I like to say, you know, we, 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 we don't have all that. We tend to forget about what we used to do before we came to church. I often laugh when I see that, when folks talk about, well, you know, she had three, four kids out of wedlock, and he had this one over here, he had this one over there. And then, you know, you just hear it for so long. I used to hear it when I was a kid. You know, folks sitting around talking about, well, you know, she had that, and that ain't here. You know, that baby ain't by that husband. This one is by this one. And then you sitting there, you're a kid, you really don't understand. But then when you get older, you start doing math in your head. Y'all looking straight. You start doing math in your head because, you know, look, Johnny, look, Johnny, is 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 seven is 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 twenty three, but they only been married twelve years. The math don't add up. You see what I'm saying? But but all this time they've been talking about everybody else's situation. Okay, okay. So so Moses said Moses says these are the people that you can't use for my kingdom. He said, these are the people that are messed up, that don't meet the standard, that, that miss the mark. And these are the people that I don't want representing me. I don't want anybody, rep- first one he says was, I don't want anybody representing me that's blind. Blind. Now, now don't limit the term, the terminology blind uh, strictly to the physical. Doing a little study. Y'all remember Helen Keller? Helen Keller, she was this amazing uh, author. She was a famous author who was both blind and deaf. And so she did this interview a long time ago. She did an interview, and she was asked this question. She, they asked the question, what's worse than being blind? Check her answer. She says the only thing worse than being blind is having eyes and no vision. Let that marinate for a minute. Don't, she said the only thing, she said, yes, yeah, she said, I'm around folks all day that can see, but I have no vision. No vision, no vision, no vision. And there's something to be said, watch this now, about people who claim to love God but have no vision for their lives. Ebenezer, too many of us are satisfied with right now. Okay, I know we got guests, but I'm going to talk like I talk. You see, while God is pointing to a greater and a, and a better way, we're real comfortable with where we are right now. And, so, and I know what it is. So many of you have shared your vision that God has given you, but you shared it to folks who are very small-minded. 
and they can't see it, and they can't see what God is showing you. But can I help you real quick? You got to learn how to get away from people who are blind because all they're looking at is right now. Yeah. See, folks that are blind can only swatch this. I ain't talking about physical. I'm talking about spiritual. Folks who cannot see what's down the line, they, they have no direction. They have no way of even fathoming what you're talking about. Huh? But see, you can't, be, you can't be stuck in what you don't see now. Because the Bible tells me in James that, that we walk by faith. I got one Bible read in the room. And not by sight. Come on now, that's in the book. So, so when you watch this, when you see church folk, when you see certain folk in the church start to celebrate, it ain't, they ain't celebrate necessarily for what they see. Oh, my God. They're celebrating for what's coming down the line because God has given them vision. For where they're trying to go. All right, all right, all right, all right. Quickly, quickly. God says, God says, I don't want people who are blind, but not only do I not want people who are blind, watch this now, I don't want people who are lame. Lame. Now, not lame like the kids say, Dr. King, you lame. You know, not, not, not that kind of lame. You know, but lame meaning people who sit by the pool. Watch this, watch this. People who sit by the pool. I, I skipped through John chapter 5 and, and, and the other day, and I saw this place. Y'all know the story, the pool of Bethesda, and, and there was a pool there, and the lame folk would get around the pool, and they would wait until somebody would come when the angel troubled the water. They would have to jump in the pool to get healed. And, and, but with the story goes, I'm paraphrasing, the, a lame man is on the, on the floor. He's laying there, and out of nowhere, Jesus comes to him, and he says, hey, man, how come you're not walking? And the lame man said, because I don't have anybody to push me in the pool. I don't have anybody. Yeah. But see, th- these are the kind of folk God was talking about. Watch this. He, I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of being around people who are blaming other people for why they can't get what they're supposed to have. All right, let's do it this way. We got to learn how to stop depending on other folks so much to give us what we have. Can I help y'all real quick? Every other community except ours, when I say ours, I'm talking about us, you know, us, 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 us. Every other community of ours have their stuff together but us, but yet we're doing the most complaining because we can't even get along in a room. Because we mad about, well, well, he ain't the leader I wanted. Well, you know, I was a Martin fan. Well, I was a Malcolm fan. Well, I like Jesse. Well, I like uh, Al Sharpton. Well, I like this one. I like that one. Can, well, look here. You leave then. All this complaining and talking about what we don't have, how about you step up and do something? But see, this is what I found out. When you start depending on folks, that's exactly at the time they'll disappear on you. Oh, watch this now. See, they say they make promises, but when times get tough, you'll start to find out that you're in it all by yourself. And church, I don't know if you live long enough to understand this, but what you'll find out is that people will walk away from you in your most desperate situation. When you're going through the trial of your life, sometimes folk will walk away from you in your most vulnerable moments. So you have to learn, like David said, and encourage yourself. Okay, right. You have to learn how to encourage yourself. You have to look at God and say, God, if it's just me, myself, and I, I don't need a crowd to give you glory. As a matter of fact, look, my, 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 my buddy rolled with me to church today. We was having church in the car on the way here. I might have been driving a little fast. He didn't say he was nervous or nothing, but he was all right. But truth be told, I'm not going to be dependent on anybody to do anything for me that God has given me the power to do myself. 
And if I can't get it, I have to trust God to give me the resources, come on now, to get it done. Can we stop acting like victims and start acting like victors? I understand that there's racism all over the place. I understand that there's sexism all over the place. I recognize that there's economic inequality and systemic racism. But let me ask you all this question. How was your great-grandmama and great-granddaddy able to accomplish all they did with little or no education? They didn't have no grants, no PPP money, no, no education or anything, and they still got everything accomplished. Why? Let me tell you why. Because they recognize that Jehovah Jireh was and is our provider. He is my provider. So stop playing the blame game and, and say this like Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. Come on now. That strengthens me. So, so, so when, he said, when he said I don't want any lame people, he also said this real quick. I don't want to deal with folks that got broken feet. I didn't understand that one. I, so I had to go to a different version of the Bible. You know, King James could get you sometime. But, but Psalms declares this. Watch this. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor to come on, I got a Bible reader, nor standeth in the way of sinners. God says, I don't want people who keep going back to what I delivered them from. Okay, okay, stay, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. You cried when you were in the middle of it. You cried when it was happening to you, and God delivered you from it, but yet you keep going back to it. Mm. You, something has to be wrong. Jesus asked Paul this question. He said, why are you kicking against the brick? Let me do it this way. Why do you keep bumping your head up against the wall, doing the same thing over and over again when I have delivered you from something already? Okay. Let me, let, me, let me make it a, a whole lot plainer. When God shuts the door, change your address. Okay, all right, all right. When God tells you to move on, change your phone number. When God tells you to move on, it's time to walk away and leave some stuff behind. Sometimes you have to leave some stuff some people, some relationships, some business. You just have to learn how to leave some stuff behind. Because if you stay around these people, all you'll find out is that they're draining you, they're stressing you, and they're constantly fighting you. And as long as I'm around you, you're blocking me from what God has for me. So let me get step away from you, or I'll step over you. So stop going back to what you've been delivered from. Okay, okay. So, so we, got, we, got, we, dealt, we dealt with the broken feet. Broken hands was a big one for me. Broken hands. God says, I don't want people whose hands are broken. And I thought about it real simple. It was just this simple. I thank God for it. Broken people with broken hands don't have the capacity to hold on. Y'all, don't, don't miss this. They don't have the capacity to be able to hold on. Look, I don't know where you are in your life, whatever struggle you might be going through, but I believe God sent me at this divine moment to let you know that if you just hold on, Come on, somebody. If you just hold on, I see a couple of people that's just holding on. Look, I know it may be difficult. I know the news may have been bad, but just hold on. I know we've all had a time in our life where we thought about quitting, but just hold on. I know there are people telling you it ain't worth it. I don't know why you're still over there. I don't know why you're doing this. I don't know why you're working so hard, but just hold on. 
Huh? I, 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 I know we don't like to say this because, you know, we, we want to we pretend to be all high and mighty. But if truth be told, some of us almost gave up on this thing called church. Huh? Yeah, okay, okay. I, did it. I almost gave up. I just talked to me. I'll talk to me. You, 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 see, you see, when you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot <laughs> and give yourself something to hold on to. I, I don't know about you. I know it gets difficult in life. But we cannot go back to what God delivered us from. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. I, I, I know you feel like this life is passing you by. I know you feel like you should be further along than where you are. But keep holding on because guess what? Calvary is still coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The second coming. Don't let go right now. And I know you're going to say, well, preacher, what exactly am I holding on to? You're holding on to the promises of God. Because he said, I'll never leave you. I got two more Bible readers in the row. I'm holding on to that fact. Because he did say those words, that he would never leave me nor forsake me. Watch this, watch this. Then, 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 then you got to be careful. You got to be careful not to judge people or how you judge people in the church. Because watch this, some, folks, some folk in the church ain't shouting uh, because everything is going so well for them. They're, ce- they're not celebrating because things are perfect. They're celebrating because they're giving God glory even in the midst of their tribulation. They're celebrating that even in the midst of a trial, even in the midst of getting bad news, I can still show up and glorify God. Because truth be told, I believe that somebody in the room at any given time might have made a real bad choice last night. Some people are struggling every day not to make a bad choice. Some people are struggling every day not to go back to something that almost killed them. But just hold on. Just hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me get through. Let me get done with this. Hunchbacks. That was interesting because, you know, something we don't see that often. The Bible says in Leviticus, he says, I don't want hunchbacks to be able to work in the church either. And hunchback is, is, and I don't want to talk about the physical thing. I want to talk about the spiritual hunchback. A spiritual hunchback is somebody that can't handle the weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're bent over from their circumstances. Yeah, yeah. God says, I need people, watch this, that while they have the weight of the world on their shoulders, they don't walk around having a pity party. Mm, okay, okay, okay. I don't, everybody don't need to know. You don't need to look like what you're going through. We, you know, there's a reason that we no longer do sackcloth and ashes. There's a reason. There's a reason, because, see, we've been redeemed already. We, we don't have to put on sackcloth, because, see, that's what they did back then. They, they put on these cloths, and they poured ashes on their head, and then they walked through town and said, oh, something must be wrong with him. We don't need woe is me anymore. I trust God to get me through everything. I trust God to watch this. God said that he has, if God has my back, yeah, the weight might be heavy, but if he's walking with me, why am I complaining? If I trust him. If I trust him, even when I feel broken on the inside, God put a weight on your back to see if you would stand under the pressure. That's why he gave us the weight. That's why we're walking sometimes and we have to force ourselves to stand up straight. Because watch this, God is inside of me. I can carry anything as long as I know he's with me. Don't be sorry. You're helping the preacher. 
So many folks, so many folks have folded because they could not handle the pressure. So many folks have folded when life got hollowed. They, they, when life got, got, got heavy, they, they, they got swallowed up on drugs or swallowed up by alcohol and depression. And some, watch this. Some of you all have seen some people, and it's always amazing. I see people who I went to high school with, so we all are in the same age range. And you look back and, 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 and you see people that should be in your same age range, and they look 25 years older than you do because life has beaten them. Life has, they have struggled with all of their life and they have allowed life to drag them over and over and over again. But see you, because you know who Jesus is, you lifted up your head. Why? Because the Bible says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. Come on, and the king of glory shall come in. I like this part. It says, who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Who is? The song says he'll never put more on you than you can bear. God made your back stronger than you think. And you can tell by some folk because you never know what they're going through. Because watch this. I guarantee y'all, unless he told you personally, you didn't know what the person was going through until he made the announcement. Y'all don't come on, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. All right, let me let me let me let me get down to this. This last one. Dwarfs. He said, now, I don't want dwarfs. Now we know what dwarf is. We know dwarfs are little people and, and all of that. But again, I don't want you to look at this from a physical perspective. Watch this. Let's look at this in the spiritual. I don't want anybody who refuses to grow to their full potential. I told you I'm going to make it as plain as I can. Watch this. Anyone who cuts off where they're supposed to be by small-minded thinking, small-minded perspective, and a small mind frame. God don't want them folks. How? Why? No, how? How are you waddling around like a dwarf when God created you to be a giant? Okay. You see, you watch this. Eagles and pigeons don't eat the same food. Don't, don't, don't. Come on. Come on now. Eagles and pigeons don't eat the same food. They don't go to the same clubs either. They don't go to the same clubs. You know, eagle, I was going to say chicken heads, but that was going to get me in trouble, but I said it already. But eagles, eagles, eagles and pigeons don't go to the same places. They don't go pray for me, sister. Pray for me. They don't go to the same places. Why? Because God designed them for greater they don't have to come down to somebody else's level. We got to stop this small-minded thinking. We, we have to stop this small-minded believing. Watch this. When, 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 when the world or the room starts to feel small, it's not that the room is closing in on you. It's that your thoughts and your minds are just getting beyond the size that you're used to. God is reminding you that, that the place that you're in, the way that you're thinking is too small. You're thinking too small. You're thinking too little. See, here's the deal. I know there's some folks. I do this all the time. I've never been a person to have $100 thoughts. I've never had $1,000 thoughts. From the time I was 10 years old, I've always thought billion-dollar thoughts. Now, whether I accomplish them is going to be on me because obviously I have not put pen to paper the right way. But it's not that I'm not thinking about it. I'm never saying, oh, it's never going to happen. Oh, we'll never get there. Oh, watch this. Oh, we'll never be that kind of church. 
or we'll be happy just like this. We'll be happy just like that. See, watch this. We got to be careful about who walks in our door and how we treat them. See, small-minded thinkers say, well, I don't want those people in here. People say, well, I need everybody in the room to look just like me. That's small-minded thinking. God will say this. God says, I'm going to send you everybody. Because, see, my Bible tells me that God so loved the world. Not just these people. Let me help somebody. Not just the straight and the, and the straight and the, and, 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 and the boy that liked the girl and the girl that liked the boy, but he likes everybody. Okay, watch this. God likes the drug addict. He likes the alcoholic. He likes everybody. He likes the high school dropout, the grammar school dropout, the college dropout. He likes the one-time divorcee, the two-time divorcee. He, he died for everybody. So we have to be welcoming to all people and acknowledge, watch this, God said just love on them, I'll take care of the rest of it. Our job is to love on them. He will take care of the rest of it. I'm tired, I'm tired, church, of small-minded thinking folk who just don't know what else to do but do this. Because see, when they don't have an idea, this is all they do. Well, you know, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Let's, 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 let's get this, watch this. So, so, so. He says, I don't want anybody who was a dwarf, and I don't want anybody else. I'm going to skip this part. Well, I don't want anything else that the people that have running swords. Now, I will say this about running swords or open wounds. I believe God was saying this, that people are constantly walking around and talking about what they did to me. We still walking around holding on to stuff from 25 and 30 years ago where you know sister so-and-so gave him the last piece of chicken on the, on, the, on the 29th anniversary, and I ain't said nothing to her since. Y'all laughing, but these are facts. Y'all laughing. These are facts. He took the last biscuit. He knew I was in line behind him, and they've been mad since 1975. These are facts. It's silly, but it's facts. But see, here we go. See, see you, you, you have to recognize that even when you're in those situations, that was then and this is now. That was then and this is now. I'm not going to allow something that might have hurt me 15 years ago to hinder me today. I'm not going to allow something you may have said out the side of your neck to me, and whether you meant it or not, I know what God said about me. To hell with what them people said. Because every time they open up their mouth, all they have is the past pain and the past struggles. And see, when you deal in that, you will never, you will never allow God to heal you if that's where you are. Yeah. God is looking for some folks to say, yes, I've been hurt. Yes, I've been wounded. Yes, I went through some painful experiences. Yes, I was in some stuff that almost killed me. Yes, I felt like I was being strangled. Yes, I felt like I was suffocating. Yes, I felt like I was down. Yes, I felt like I was rejected. But that was then, and this is now. And so now, I'm about done, and so now, I just want to thank God for every mountain, yeah, 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 for every mountain that he brought me over. Yeah. I just want to thank God for every valley that he brought me through. Uh, I'm not telling you to pretend like it never happened. I'm just telling you to praise him while you're in it. Whew. You just have to make up your mind that if it didn't kill you, it made you stronger. If it didn't wipe me out, it left me here for a reason. And God wanted me to get a lesson out of it. He didn't want anybody 
who's still carrying the wounds about all the things that are wrong with them and all the stuff that happened to them. I'm about to take my seat. This is the last of it. God said this. You might be broken, but because of the blood of Jesus, we're redeemed. And Jesus said, I'm not going to hold you to a law, watch this, that they didn't even keep. Oh, 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 oh. Come on, watch this, watch this, watch this. Jesus said, oh, but watch this. The Bible tells us, but by the grace. Come on now. But by the grace of God. Yeah, that, see, see, there is the law, and then there's grace. I wish I had a little help. There's the law, because see, there's a group of people, uh, there's a group of religious folk who still, for some reason, are living via the Old Testament. And they want to condemn everybody walking around to the same stuff. And they want to keep telling people, well, you know, that's what, that, that, that's why we in that. And, and that's why, well, you keep breaking the law. You're doing this and you're doing that. Those folk are the, some of the hmm, craziest people, let me say it that way, some of the craziest people in the world. They, seem, they tend to forget about what Jesus did on Calvary. They tend to forget about, forget about the, blood wash, the blood washing that he did for you and me. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, just like David said, you have to learn how to encourage yourself. You have to learn how to pray over yourself. You have to learn how to speak over yourself. Stop letting folk who don't know nothing speak into your life. Sometimes you have to cut certain family members off. I'm going to tell the truth now. I'm going to tell the truth now. I'm going to tell it. I'm going to tell it. Sometimes, you know, you got them folks that will never make it. You have to cut them folks off. Because, see, as long as they're telling you that they'll never make it, at some point you're going to start to believe that foolishness. I, I, I want to tell you this quick story that I'm going to sit down. We did, at, uh, I shared this with my barber the other day. We had this thing at my school called, so, you know, we used to, uh, to parent-teacher conferences in regular situations. But my school does this thing called student-led conferences where the child has to explain their grade. Teacher just sits there and the child says, I got this grade because of this. This is why I feel like I'm ready for the next grade. That's what we do. I thought it was weird, but I get it now, right? So I sat through this, I sat through this, this uh, conference. So that's, that's for certain grades. And then when you're moving from, from elementary school to middle school, is that right? Elementary to middle school, you do what they call a passage. And you have to tell them when you're going from fourth grade to fifth grade, why you're ready for middle school. And when you're going from sixth grade to seventh grade, why you're ready for seventh and eighth grade, right? You tell them those things. And, and so I sat, I was in a, in a space, in a place where a parent, a parent, literally was telling their child or telling the teacher, oh, she ain't going to never do nothing, no way. I have no intention of her going to college. My hope is that she just find a man and that should be the end of it. Elementary school. 11 years old. Who says that to a child? Who says that to a child? Where, where, is the, where, is the, where is the growth in that? How is that child ever going to grow out of that? Because it didn't come from somebody on the street. This came from your mama. And so I, I because, you know, and, 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 and Ms. Ms. Griffin knows, Ms. Griffin knows, I stay, I try to stay out of trouble, but sometimes I say stuff because I just do. And, 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 and so I, I let it be known. I'm like, I can't be here because if I stay here, I'm going to get fired. Because I want to tell the parent, you suck as a parent. That's what I wanted to say. That's what I wanted to say. I want to say you're the worst kind of parent, and nobody should ever let you have children, because that's not something you say to your child. 
That's just me. Because you just, it's just that's what you say. And then it made me understand why this child always is looking for a hug because she never gets any at home. Because she doesn't show, get shown any love at home. Let me bring this back to us. Church, we have a responsibility to show love to each and every person. I don't care where they come from. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what they smell like. I don't care if they eight feet tall or they have a dwarf situation. It does not matter. We have to learn how to love everybody. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're broken on the inside. God will use broken people to fulfill his promises. He chooses the best of the broken folk. It doesn't matter what's wrong, what you, if you feel like something is wrong with you on the inside, God can still use you. I gave you all the biblical examples that I could use for this time I had. But watch this. If God can use me, because I ain't never told y'all all the story. If God could use me, he can use anybody. The door of the church is open. The door of the church is open. The door of the church is open. You can come now. You can come now. The door of the church is open. You can come by letter, Christian experience, candidate for baptism. You can come. Come now. This is an opportunity to come. Look, this is the way we do this. Of course, you see all of the wonderful empty seats in this place, and we would love to have you be a part of our fellowship. But our first, our first goal is to get you into right relationship. So when we open the door of the church, it's not just so you can necessarily be a member here at Ebenezer. My first job, my first obligation, I should say our first obligation is to make sure you're in right relationship with him. So if you come down and you say, I want to give my life to Christ, and that, that, that's wonderful. If you choose to stay here with us, that's great. But if you say, I want to give my life to Christ, and I want to go to a different church, guess what? We will take you in and send you on. We love you first that much. We love you first. It's not about membership. It's about relationship. Come on, sing, sir. Come on. Come on. Speak to my heart, Holy Spirit, give me the word that will bring me life. Words on the wings of the morning, our dark clouds will fade away. You speak to my heart, speak to my heart.
She is the granddaughter of Sister Artel Cooper. Amen. Chandler Cooper graduated from Lawrence Elementary School from kindergarten. Also in Memphis, he is the grandson of Artel Cooper. Praise the Lord. And then Kennedy Williams graduated from kindergarten at McDowell Elementary School. She is the great niece of Artel Cooper. Boy, the Cooper family been busy. Praise the Lord. Achieved. Hey, Kennedy, congratulations. All right. They're getting their education on. Kamora Jackson was promoted from the second grade on the honor roll and received awards for good citizenship and outstanding academic achievement at McDowell Elementary School. She, too, is the great niece of Artel Cooper. Amen, Kamara. Great job. Evelyn Dumas, daughter of Sister Natalie Dumas, graduated from King College Prep High School. She will be attending the Southside Occupational Academy. Congratulations to Evelyn Dumas. Xavier Greenleaf is the nephew of Sister Ramona Garrett, graduated from Thorn Ridge High School. Jaden Jordan, the grandson of Sister Jesse McGee, graduated from Creek Moni Middle School and is going on to Creek Moni High School. Praise the Lord. Terrell Brazil graduated from the Hanbury College Prep Prep, and will be attending UIC. He is the grandson of Sister Jesse McGee. Praise the Lord. We are celebrating Jayla Marie Coleman, great niece of Sister Susan Anglin, a kindergarten graduate from home school, will be attending Trinity Heights Talented and Gifted Elementary School in Dallas, Texas. Amen. Congratulations. Dion Williams graduated from Gary Coma College Prep High School and will be attending Lynn University in Boca Raton, Florida to study art. She is the great niece of Sister Patricia Bud. Amen. And finally, our last school person is Taylor McKinney, daughter of Sister Latanya King and Minister Dr. King graduated from St. Ignatius College Prep High School. And she will attend the University of Illinois at Champaign-Urbana. Come on, let's give them a hand. Let's give them a hand. Again, we celebrate your accomplishments and your achievements. And we pray that you continue to do well in your study. And remember that in everything that you give and everything that you obtain, give honor and glory to Almighty God. Let's stand to our feet. And again, we will, we will have our cards for our graduates on by Thursday, and the church office will take care of that. 
And now unto him who's able to keep you from falling, to him who's able to present you before his Father with exceedingly great joy, to the all-wise God be dominion and power and honor and glory now henceforth and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Enjoy one another. Be remember to be kind to one another. And let's pray for the sick among us. Peace and blessings. Those um, members, members of Ebenezer, if you can, you know, real quick, uh, our chairman has a quick announcement before you leave. Before you leave, our chairman has a quick announcement. If you are a guest or a visitor, if you have to leave, that's fine. I'll meet y'all out in the hallway. Uh, but uh, Evan has a quick announcement. Come on, Evan. Ebenezer, folk, y'all just stay where you are. Just Evan, Evan, five minutes. And then after you give Evan five minutes, you see Marlena get signed up for your your books, for your picture, for our directory. But all of our, our, our guests, you are free to leave. This is just for our members. Okay. I'm going to give it a couple of minutes. Give it a couple of minutes, a couple of minutes, just for the Ebenezer folk. Will the Ebenezer folk come down front? Ebenezer, Ebenezer, come on down front, the people that stand. Ebenezerians, come on down front. It'll be a few minutes. I'm just talking to about what we're trying to do. Let me see it on your computer. Let me see it on your computer. You got it? Do you have it? Okay, Ebenezer. Okay, what we... Okay, I'm just going off my phone. Okay, Ebenezer. This is what we're talking about. We had a meeting just this past Saturday. This past... Can it, anyway. Can everyone hear me? We just had a meeting this past Saturday about our finances. Hold on, hold on. We had a meeting this Saturday on our finances and what we're generating now. Can't hear me? I like talking in this mic. Okay. What we're setting up is the pledges for 
our renovation fund, restoration fund for Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church. Okay? I got it. Just have it. Um, and it's going to start July, the month of July. What we're trying to do is raise 300000 in six months. 300000 in six months. Okay? And we're putting it on paper. On, and we're going to have it in the office so you can pick up uh, your pledge forms. Okay? We had it broken down. We had about 87 people that are giving members here at Ebenezer. Okay? Out of the 87 members, if we, we did a tally on what they've given like this past month of May, it was $22,655. Based upon 87 members, it came out to 260. I don't have my glasses, so bear with me. $260.41. So that's what we're saying that that's what we've been, if we're tithing members, that's the average of each member, what they've been tithing. That's not accurate. Okay? I know that's not accurate. Oh, thank you. I might be able to see. Bless your ministry. Blind. Mm. Oh, Watch yourself. See? Okay, now you throw shade. I will. Okay, so broke down. If we and just because everyone, everyone we're asking to give, but we did break it down like for $125 a month for six months came out to $750, and we said. If 50 people jump on that, that'll be $37,500 that we raised. We broke down $250 a month for six months, came up to $1,500, okay? And we said if we had 25 people do that, that's another $37,500. We went to $500, excuse me, $125. No, no, no. No, it's five hundred dollars a month. Total of uh, three dollars. Twenty-five people came out to seventy-five thousand dollars. Okay, and so on and so on. And the reason we're trying to do this, like I said, we need to raise three hundred thousand. Now we have some money in the bank, but we don't want to take all our money, exhaust all our revenue, because then we're back to square one. Okay, so what we're asking each and every member here, this is for six a six-month pledge. Okay, six months. So that's 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 beyond what you do with your regular tithes and offering. This is a this is a faith walk. This is a journey that we're all embarking on. I sacrificial. Okay, uh, I do have down here a couple of people said they're going to get five thousand dollars. Okay, those it was six people that I'm I'm looking at came out to thirty thousand dollars. But that's, and I don't, I don't want to take from that because if you do do the math and everyone gives a thousand dollars, it came out to that's six thousand dollars. So I don't want you to just say I gave my five thousand. We got six months to raise this money. Every month we're expecting we're going to do a tally of how much we got. We're going to keep we're going to keep uh, uh, the records up in the office. Sister Dorothy and Brother Reginald, trustees, are uh, drawing up the envelopes. The envelope should be ready uh, sometime in July, like say the first week in July. We want the envelopes to be printed out of the office. Okay, I just I was texting Stanley, and that's how we're going to go. She's uh, putting the wording on the envelopes, her and uh, Reginald, and it should be ready 
no later than July, after the 4th of July, okay? We're going to move forth now. We're going to move forth in this because it needs to be done. This, we have been granted $900,000 uh, from the city to do this renovation project, but we have to come up with $300,000. It came up to $1.2 million.